What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. It is Thursday, February 7th. We are almost through this post-Super Bowl week. I've almost shook this uh, work hangover because I wasn't actually hung over at the Super Bowl at no point in time. Did that ever happen? And I'm sure the man we're going to talk to today, I'm Will Brinson, by the way, the host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. We will be daily throughout the entirety of the offseason through even the slow months of like June and July Perhaps on into infinity and eternity and joining us every week as he does. I'm sure you weren't hung over at any point in the Super Bowl either. Jason Lockenfora, yeah. what's up, buddy? You I'm actually, right. it's you, like a flat, it's like a flat circle. It you is. Just, it goes on forever, right? The pick six podcast is like a flat circle. Uh, did you, did you get any swag from the Super Bowl? Because we do have hats, pullovers, and, uh, no, you, you said you wanted you were going to give me a shirt, a pick six shirt, but I don't have it yet. Uh, they were supposed to send me a bunch of them home. They didn't. I will get them to mail you one to your anybody who comes on every week. Definitely deserves at least a polo out of the hole. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's I'll take it. I thought you were meant like CBS Super Bowl swag, where they I I grab stuff for other people, but I really don't. Well, I guess technically I'm wearing a hat right now, but I'm going to give it to my dad. Is it like a CBS? Super Bowl hat? Yeah, like just a, like the CBS Super Bowl hats and stuff. Wow, I didn't get any of that stuff. That's sort of disappointing. They pulled them out. Uh, there was a brief window in time when we were rehearsing Saturday mm. where they put a bunch of stuff in the green room, and it was, like, gone in, like, three seconds. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I grabbed a little ski cap and they uh, – Oh, man, like a little poof ball, the, poof ball one hat? One of the regular hats and then um, a polo for my dad. They have CBS Super Bowl poof ball hats? Like with a little, yeah, I'll like, take, let me take a picture of it and text it to you. I mean, if you if you want to, I'm just insanely jealous because I I have a I like to collect poofball hats, so not having a CBS Sports poofball hat is, is is sad. But I do have a Super Bowl poofball hat, so don't don't worry about it too much. Um, but if you want, yeah, by all means, text it. To and me. they sent us a coat. I don't really like the coats this year that much. Mm, those marmot jackets they had in San Francisco. That, that, mine's still holding up from three years ago. That was Super Bowl Fifty. That's one of my like biggest career life like life career disappointments is not. Walking, not not being able to get one of those marmot Super Bowl Fifty jackets. Um, we got the Eddie Bauer ones this year. They're not. They're, yeah, yeah. I got. They sent. They sent two of those to my house. Yeah, I don't know why I got two. They're good. They're not. I think they're not great. I mean, they're good. They're good. No, they're that's great. what I was saying. I'm not. In, I'm not. It doesn't. It doesn't meet up to the last Super Bowl standard. I'm not a. But they um, set the bar pretty high in San Francisco. Yeah, like I'm just more of a. Po- I like poofy jackets with a, like a vest. That's what they should do. Is a yeah. CBS Super Bowl vest. A poofy vest. That's. That was, the, yeah, I'm not a vest guy, but I, I could see the, I, I could see the appeal in that. The poofy vest. Um, the poofy vest. My is wife a, and daughter end up just pretty much taking the coats. Sure, anyway. sure, no doubt. Um, the poofy vest is a go-to in uh, southern frat circles. Like, literally, uh, I, I can see how that would fit the vibe you've got. Yes, I, I maybe wore, like a vineyard, a vineyard vines uh, poofy vest. Really more Patagonia because it's like you got you. Okay. you know, it's really I'm, I'm like it's like faux rugged. You know what I mean. That's what we're looking gotcha, for. Gotcha. Is, is I'm, so what parties, before we talk about stuff people care about, what parties did you guys, I'm sure you guys got to a couple. You know what? I didn't go to a single party. Really? I'm That's dead. an upset. Uh, I know. Uh, you guys were off air at like normal hours though, right? Yeah. We ended up having to do like a podcast every day in the afternoon or like putting it together or we're going to some sort of, um, you know, there was some some kind of work thing that had to be done until like seven, and I, gotcha. I, I honestly didn't have the energy. I think we went out. Yeah, too old uh, for that. I think we went out like yeah. maybe two nights. Uh, Eric K., one of our bosses, at one point remarked, "He's like, is everything all right with you?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, 
you're working a lot and not going to parties. What's what is the matter with you? Um, I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad somebody noticed. I'm glad sort of, you noticed, yeah. boss. Yeah, I, I sort of just got behind the eight ball on the invitations to the parties, and then Atlanta is yeah. not really a great. I mean, it's a great city. I'm not a big Atlanta guy. Yeah. I don't really like Atlanta either, and it requires a lot of like if you wanted to go to one of these parties, you had to go from mid down midtown down to. Um, like down to down to like downtown, or something. and we would always yeah. have these like dinners with boss types for dot com right. that would last till right. like ten o'clock, and so then you had to be willing to rally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Post Super Bowl yeah, party. Did you make it to any parties? Probably not. No, I know the, the only time I was outside. So I landed at like eight o'clock Sunday night, and then we're in a golf cart at like nine a.m. going to the stadium on Saturday to start rehearsing, and it hit me that that's the first time I had been outside at all with prior, you know, before midnight <laughs> since Saturday in Baltimore. That is. Or Sunday, since Sunday in Baltimore. That's pretty you insane. You know, because everything yeah. was connected, and we were on air till 12. Yeah. So, like, the, the furthest we got out was, like, the Hudson Grill, this dive bar on the corner that would stay open till like, at, at the beginning of the week two and then eventually four. We got there after, you know, we got off set a couple of times. But literally, that was it, and it was literally right around the corner. And I never got there earlier than twelve, like you know, twelve thirty at night. So yeah, like yeah. Saturday, I was like, oh wow, there's the sun. I remember <laughs> this. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you. I mean, I'll I'll give you all the credit in the world, and I don't mind. And I'm not just saying it because you know we're on the we're on the phone together. But um, you you were working your ass off. I mean, you were doing like insane hours. Uh, throughout the entirety of the Super Dude, Bowl. I wasn't digging ditches. I mean, it's television. Well, right, 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 right. That's, no, that's fine. I mean, that's whatever. Fine. It was long days, but that's, you know, when you've got the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, it only happens once every three years, and you want to blow it out, and it's a great chance to promote the stuff we do on the cable network, which I'm very proud of, that I don't think, you know, in general gets the exposure. It probably should. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta do it big. Hey, look, when they, uh, they were like, if somebody said, can you do this video, I was just like, how, like what do you? Yeah, like, it was like a yeah. how how high can you jump? It was like can you jump? How high? It was like one of those situations yeah. where it's like can you do this video? Yeah. It's like yeah, throw me on the set. Um, and if they're like hey, we but need yeah, to- I mean it kept me from doing as much stuff as that I would I would have liked to have done for HQ with the presence we had there. Sure, but it was just like there's only so many hours in a day. But yeah. no, it was all, all good, man. Who's good. the uh, who's the most fun person you interviewed? You did some funny stuff too, where you like standing in the headless football player. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, we were getting after it. That's what happens when you sit around with producers for three hours a day. You start coming with a. My original idea was like because they had all those, you know, all the the mannequins where you pop your head in for each team, and I didn't see. Was it called Bird Box? I didn't see the movie, (laughs) but I saw all the stuff on Twitter. The memes. So I was like, Amy, you should spin me around, blindfold me, have a PA. Like walk, like run me out to a team, take the blindfold off, and then you know what I mean. I've got to report something on that. <laughs> she's like, "Ooh, I like that," but I got a better idea. She's like, "That." She's like, "Okay, I got something for tomorrow's show." And you're talking, and about, you're talking, about, you're talking about Amy the Trask. Rest is midnight history. You're talking about Amy Trask or, or Amy or another uh... Amy Salmonson, our, oh, okay, our okay. director, our okay. producer gotcha. on at the I... beginning of the week on. But the show that was called Super Bowl Live from I 10 got, to 12. I got to meet Amy Trask in person for the first time. We tweeted 500 million times or emailed 500 uh, million she's times. she's the best. She is the best. I have to get her on the podcast at some point. Uh, I got to meet yeah, Alice. Yeah, I mean, the most fun we had, I mean, I, we had we had fun every night. I yeah. mean, we, 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 we really did. I mean, a lot of the guests were good. Isaac Bruce was great. I mean, um, mm. everybody, everybody. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was, it was a lot. We had a lot of fun with Coach Cower. I mean, 
that show was was really fun. It was it was good all the way around. Awesome. Uh, what would you? What's your big takeaway from the Super Bowl? Did I, I like? I didn't see you at the Super Bowl, which is rare because usually we've sat next to each other for like the la- or near like in the same proximity. The years we don't have it, I am in the press box. The years we have it, I'm usually. On the sidelines, like wherever are, they build these sets, like into the stadium somewhere, yeah. And then once you're there, it's kind of a pain to get back and forth from the floor. You know what I mean? Sure. And depending on the situation, we usually have to go through the crowd and stuff. So we just, I just pretty much watched it from our set, standing up, leaning over a railing. Sounds awesome. In the corner of the end zone there. Yeah, sounds great. What did you? Uh, no, good. What did you think about the? Were you were you surprised everybody else that Sean McVay had nothing? Nada. Zip. No zilch, answers. No yeah. answers for for Bill Belichick. I thought his team would get outclassed. I thought it would be one of these games where the scoreboard belied the facts. Because, you know, I, I was thinking like 21-6 at the half where, okay, like they could still get back in it, but let's be real, they're not as good as the Patriots. And, you know, they're not going to beat the Patriots. You know, instead it was only 3 nothing at the half. But, you know, you looked at the number of plays. You looked at the number of first downs. You looked at time of possession, and you said there's only one team playing, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of it basically fit the narrative that I thought, which is the Patriots will play ball control. It'll be keep it simple, stupid. It'll be brass knuckle, old school football, um, largely with always having six guys in to protect, and generally, um, you know, a lot of fullback, two tight end stuff that they'll run counter out of, they'll run power out of, and they'll throw eventually out of, and um, a lot of short passes, not not the deep ball. And that they would eliminate and you know, do what they had to do to eliminate the Rams game, the Rams running game, and then see if Jared Goff can beat them, which I don't think he's beating that secondary. So I thought it would be an eight. To, I mean, we talked about it. I thought like an eight to 11 point, you know, final score. It ended up being 10, certainly lower scoring than I thought. You know, I was thinking like 35, 27 or something like that with the Rams scoring a bunch of points in what amounted to garbage time. Um, so not, I mean, Ultimately, I didn't see them beating Brady and Belichick and that secondary. They, I mean, going five of 26 combined on third down between those two teams is exactly why, um, you could end up with that sort of situation. By the way, I don't know if you saw it and I can't get the audio to load. I was going to play it. It's like 27 seconds of audio. Um, but the, uh, the inside the NFL, did you watch inside the NFL? Um, fr- I got to see some of it, and the, especially the mic'd up McVeigh and Belichick before the game. Yes, that's what I was going to play, and I wish I had known that before. Like, I mean, obviously, you can, no one can know it until after the game. But if I'd known that Sean McVeigh was going to go up to Bill Belichick and praise him the way he praised him before that game, and to point out that Bill Belichick changes things on a week to week basis, um, I would have changed how I felt about this game and would have predicted the Patriots to win by more because not because I think like like McVeigh was kowtowing to uh you know to to Belichick or anything like that, but like at the end of the day when you when you walk in and you're you know and you're and you're and you're you're like, oh, you know, you're you're the bad you know, you're what's right about coaching. Like it's unbelievable to be on the sideline with you or yeah. the opposite sideline and like you just change everything week to week and it's so amazing. Instead of just being like, and like, you could almost see that Belichick wanted to get away. He's like, yeah, hey, yeah, thanks, thanks, Sean. Um, you're about to get destroyed. You know, what I mean, like, like he almost like knew he's right. like, this guy's too, way too deferential to me at the like going into a Super Bowl because I, I, I seriously doubt that Belichick was like that to Mike Martz, but you know, before their before he won that game, and so that to me is like, I, I get, I get it, it's a sign of respect, but man, like. 
you can't come in looking up at Bill Belichick and thinking that's the guy I want to be before a Super Bowl. You have to be thinking I got to take that guy down. Yeah, I mean, I, I I understand. I mean, him being somewhat reverential. Um, I guess time or place, you know. But look, it's all new. I mean, it, this was. I mean, look, three years ago. Oh, here, hold on, hold on, McVay, hold on one second. You know I, what I mean? Three years ago, Sean McVay is is what in Washington or whatever, right? Still under Kyle Shanahan. Um, I, you know, uh, calling plays for like the first time ever, and, and now he, he goes to this franchise. He turns it around. They're in. They, they get. You know, they get to the playoffs the first year. Um, go to the Super Bowl the second year. It's a lot, man. You know, it was going to be a lot for him and a lot for Goff to just take in, absorb, stomach, and then sort of know how to calibrate and handle. And right. By the he, way, by the way, hold on one second. That's not, I mean, and he's such a humble, great guy. I mean, Sean is like, I mean, a lot of these guys have a little bit of success. It goes to their heads immediately, and they become pricks. If you have to bleep that out, do it. But that's how it. That's how it goes. Sure. No, like I think he will be better than ninety-five percent of the guys doing this, but won't change. I mm. hope he doesn't prove me wrong. I don't think he will. You know, I just think he's that grounded and that humble. Um, By the no way, no one stays that all shucks forever. But like, you got to think of where this kid. Like, that guy's twice as old as him. You know what I mean? That guy's been winning Super Bowls since before this guy was born, right? McVeigh was. In- I mean, he gets his first ring in '86. This guy, he's a baby. He's barely alive, yeah. and he's winning Super Bowls with the New York Giants. That's all. I mean, it's Tom Brady over there. Like, that's we're talking about two guys who, and when the NFL celebrating his 200th season, are going to still be talked about and resonate. I mean, like. I mean, Bill Belichick is like Scotty Bowman or Casey Stengel. You know what I mean? <laughs> or uh, Vince Lombardi. I mean, like, that. that's a lot. If this guy just turned 33 years old a week ago. I mean, like, that was always going to matter. And if people didn't think it was going to matter, they hadn't paid a lot of attention to how these things work. All right. Real quickly, here is the audio that we that we could pull up. The way that you guys are able to shift your identity and really still be able to figure it out, I mean, week in and week out, is unbelievable, man. Really, so much respect for you and the way you do it, man. You're what's right about coaching. Thank you. Appreciate you, Coach. And at some point in that, uh, at some point in that clip, and I just wanted to make sure we got the the quick uh, abbreviated version, but he does say like Belichick says, "You're up next, man." And he, he basically is like, "You're the next one. Like, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're the real deal." Um, I do think that it was fascinating. And I, like, I don't want, I don't want any of this to take Sean McVay down a peg. And I, and I don't think it should. I, I think you could maybe have some questions about Jared Goff. But I, I mean, look, the Patriots just, the Patriots dominated that good Rams offensive line. I mean, are you worried? Are you, I mentioned this to Ryan Wilson on yesterday's show, and I, I don't want to rehash a topic that we, you know, went over, but it is, it's a week after the Super Bowl. We're, we're sort of reflecting on, on the, those two teams and what might go forward. Do you think there's any chance the Rams are a step back? Super Bowl loser in in the same vein as the Atlanta Falcons or the Carolina Panthers. Well, I, I think I mean they they're losing. They're going to have to reinvent themselves defensively. Yep. I mean, even in this day and age, it's hard when you got to score thirty five to thirty eight to win all the time. It's tough, right? That's who the Patriots were a year ago, and they ultimately met their match when they couldn't get a stop on defense in the Super Bowl. That's who the Chiefs and Rams were this year. It came you know one week, two weeks ago. It came back to get the Chiefs. When they give up 37 or 38 at home, they scored 31 at home. It wasn't good enough. Yep. So, and then it obviously came back to haunt the Rams. And, and this one, I mean, the, 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 the defense finally steps up, but they're suffocated by another team. But to, to go through another 16-week gauntlet 
thinking, okay, we, you know, we gotta, we're going to have to keep producing 425 yards and 35 points a game to win. Nah. Yeah. And they're gonna, there's going to be different pieces over there. Uh, and, and, and they're not – I mean, golf is a year away from being on the fifth-year option and making you – know, then that's, that starts the cycle of real money. So could they get a little cute this year again on some one-year deals? Maybe, but probably not to the degree they did last year. You know, and I don't see Sue taking a hometown discount to stay and paying him and Donald that kind of money. I, it just doesn't seem reasonable. The secondary is going to have to change. I mean, the Marcus Peters experiment, that would be over for me if I'm them. Peters and Tlaib um, both have one year left on their contracts, too. Yeah, but I think you can cut Peters, no fuss, no money. Yeah, you know, you, um, you can cut them both with, you, like you're yeah. saying, you might, they might I, cut I, Marcus I'm Peters. I'm keeping Tlaib around. I'm keeping him. Yeah, sure. I mean, of, of all the guys back there, of, you know, all the mercenaries they brought in, you know, Fowler, Sue, Peters, Tlaib, I'm keeping Tlaib. And they're going to have to draft their backsides off on, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they, I think Whitworth comes back and plays, but, you know, you're going to have to find a left tackle in the next, you know, 14 months. But, you know, between now and, and next year's draft. But, uh, I mean, I'm drafting D-line. I'm drafting edge. I'm drafting corners. I mean, I might do an entire defensive draft, to be honest with you. Because they're still they're pretty plug-and-play on the offensive side. Um Offensive, uh, offensive that, line it's going to come down to that. Like this isn't going to be that the way they play defense for large swaths of this year isn't going to be good enough year in year out playing a first first you know first place schedule. All right, so offensive line, Andrew Whitworth. We don't know what his status is if he comes back. I mean, he's older. He still played at a high level. One you know, offensive line wasn't good down the stretch, but Whitworth still a stud there. Assuming he comes back, uh, they're not in bad shape. Roger Saffold, a free agent. John Sullivan, one year left on his deal, and he was really the weak spot in Belichick. Yeah. Um, Belichick knew that. The going, yeah, the interior was really the weak spot, and he knew that coming in. Uh, I think Rob Havenstein has one year. Or did Rob Havenstein sign an extension? And I forgot about that. That might be the case. Yeah. Um, C.J. Anderson, free agent, because, you know, he was gotten off the street like six weeks ago. Yeah. What did you hear throughout the week about Todd Gurley and his mental and or physical state, and does it cons- – They were going to try to – they were going to try to establish him early and see what he could do and see where where he was at. Is it his um, knee? Is it his head? What? What? I mean, like this is the weirdest. I mean, both. I mean, weirdest I, I story. Look, I, I don't think he's injured, but I think he's hurt. You know what I mean? Hurting, not a hundred percent. Clearly banged up. Um, his, com- I think he was at a crisis of confidence, and I think they could see that he knew he wasn't quite right. And I'm sure what they saw in practice is while you know he's practicing full. He doesn't look like the full Todd Gurley, and except for that one run, he he wasn't the same guy. He wasn't as decisive. He wasn't as explosive. He just kind of tippy toed at times. Like I don't know, man. It's just something was off. And they obviously had great run fits and a scheme designed to suffocate them within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And that was not a day where golf was going to find a lot of joy throwing downfield. And it all it all just snowballed. They obviously felt like. If we minimize his volume, maybe we maximize the returns. But even in a split role, you weren't getting much of anything from Gurley. I think I think the lesson they'll take from this is, you know, he can't be next year. If, if we're eight and zero and he's on pace for four hundred and fifty touches, we're probably doing it wrong again because that's not sustainable. And it will catch up to him, and it will manifest itself either in injuries or decreased production, or just wearing down. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that is a, that, sustaining that amount, like, of just 
being involved in the play. That does, and that's not even factoring all the chip blocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the all the things trying to slow down a defensive end from taking your quarterback's face off. All that contact. Whether it's C.J. Anderson or, or you know a free agent like Spencer Ware or something, having having a second guy to spell him more through the season, I'm sure will be a priority for them. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I thought it was interesting too that, um, and this is a good piece in the Washington Post by Adam Kilgore. Uh, he, he spoke to like Josh Boyer, the cornerback, Patriots cornerback coach, and basically the Pats looked at the Rams and the stats back this up. I mean, this is why Belichick is the best to do it, but like the stats back it up and said, you know, Jared Goff, great against man coverage, not so great against zone coverage. And the principles yeah. of the Rams offense were to, you know, I mean, uh, let's see, where is it? He said, uh, Belichick unveiled his defensive game plan to his team early during the off week. Belichick and his staff had deduced that the Rams specialize in man beaters, Boyer said. Tactics, tactics meant to defeat man coverage. Um, all that stuff that they did, the jet sweeps, the motions, all that, it, you know, it identifies the man coverage and creates openings, um, for guys in, in, in one-on-one situations. And Belichick said, all right, cool. We're going to play zone. I know we don't do yeah, that very often. Yeah. I mean. Well- and if you're in a formation where, you know, whatever, it's three by one, he knows he's probably, you know what I mean? He, he knows off the bat I'm, pro- I'm throwing to the side where, you know what I mean, where yeah. the multiple receivers are. And it, it, it doesn't force Goff to read the field that much yeah. and, and to read the full field and re- read the full field against zone. Now, part of the reason they get away with some of that, too, was that the, the Rams just aren't, you know, that girly – you know, girly of February looked nothing like girly of October, and the whole dynamics in the run game had changed. And that's and and there's no Cooper Cup, and so you know what I mean. That, that now all of a sudden, you take you make if Todd Gurley is just a guy and Cooper Cup is on IR, and Belichick has two weeks to scheme mm-hmm. against you. Forget about it. Yeah. The other thing too that I thought was interesting is I believe that the and I can't remember exactly where I read this. Um, it was somewhere, but the Patriots had two defensive play calls for every single Rams offensive play. So that way, if Jared Goff, like if Jared Goff saw something that he thought he could audible into, or like he's talking to McVay on the headset and he's like, "Hey, you know this, uh, you know this is what I'm seeing," and McVay's like, "All right, cool, we can run this to beat them here." You know, Goff would audible into something else, and then the Patriots would run their other defensive play call, and just all of a sudden, Goff isn't getting what he thought he was seeing, and so the you know the headset shut off at that point. Goff is trying to make things work, and he's just flummoxed, and and that's that's a game like I thought I thought that Goff and McVeigh might be able to team up and play chess with Belichick, and they were on a checkers board, and Belichick was doing master level class stuff. I mean, that's just the end of the game. I mean, that's you know, it's oh, it's that. Wade Phillips and that defense did everything they could to try and keep the, the Rams in there, and it ultimately yeah. wasn't enough. No, I mean, they, look, they, they did a tremendous job. I, um, for them to have forced Brady to have a day like that, I didn't expect it. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect it. I, I thought bec- – I, I knew the Patriots could run on them, and could, you know, especially if they, if they dedicated themselves to heavy formations, which they did. I mean, I, I got to think close to 65 70% of the time they had at – you know – at least one tight end in line blocking with them, and a lot of times two. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of times I'm counting numbers at the line, and it's six or seven. Yeah, and um, so and- I'm like, they're going to be able to run out of that. They'll eventually be able to throw out of that. And if and, and so I'm like, well, if they're running the way they can, then Brady will kill them in play action. And the Brady killing them in play action part never happened. Right. And but, that's a huge testament to what the Rams were doing back there. Yeah, and eventually the Patriots went into – they were in 22 personnel, and they had James Devlin, Rex Burkhead, uh, Gronk, and Dwayne Allen, and Julian Edelman as the yeah. only guy out there. They run out there in that 22 yeah. personnel. 
Um, and they, they run a wheel route to Gronk on the first play. And then they ran the exact same play three times in a row, and it ended up setting up a two-yard Sonny Michelle. But they had set, to me, they had set a lot of that up in the first sure, quarter where sure. they were, they were getting in that, those, those same personnel formations, but running counter or running, you know, running power and sticking with it and doing it in a methodical, you know, in a methodical way that was starting to wear out the defense and also making them wonder, okay, when, you know what I mean? When is Brady going to uncork it? Yeah. Uh, and Dwayne Allen told Peter King, uh, on NBC Sports, so it was a pretty amazing thing. Allen said, um, hats off to the Rams. They really knew us. They played us great, but football is about in-game adjustments. Josh told us on the sideline, we did not practice this at all coming into the game, and I realize that, but this is going off in my head, and it's something I think we need to do. Uh, he basically tore up the game plan and went with, went with this, uh, it was one of those things. It's so quintessential, JLC. It's like, like, all right, we need one drive. We need one drive. Right. We got a touchdown, and we're going to win this thing. Tom, I need you to make some throws. We're going to operate out of this personnel the Rams haven't seen because we haven't seen it. So let's see what right. it works. And uh, and it, and it and it worked. And they ran the same play three times and ended up scoring. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about some of the coaching hires, uh, maybe some moves and free agency as well. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, so Brian Flores, Zach Taylor introduced. We don't need to. We've known this for a long time, so we don't need to re- yeah. rehash anything too much. And there'll be time to debate the coaches. Um, did anything stand out to you about the Taylor or Flores introductions, um, or even the replacement of Flores, reportedly by Greg oh. Schiano, according to a Boston Globe report? No, I mean I, I, Schiano's been tight with Belichick for years. His son and, played uh, for him. Yeah, exactly. Some some play from the Rutgers, and and I, that that I mean I could that doesn't surprise me in the least. He's helped coach linebackers there before. That um, was sitting on a on a platter there for for Belichick. Um, the key guy there is Josh. You know what I mean? Belichick can coach defense better than anybody. Yep. I don't know. I mean, could could Belichick scheme up things offensively and make the same adjustments Josh does? I mean, maybe, probably, but he really don't want to find out, right? He really don't want to have to, uh, you know, which is why they put the full-court press on him at various times. Look, nobody's won in Miami, you know? I mean, nobody's won since Jimmy Johnson in Miami. Yeah. 
Why, why is Brian Flores taking this job? I don't get it. Well, he knows, you know, look, Greer has roots with the Patriots. Greer's dad was a fixture in the personnel, the Patriots forever. I'm, they've known each other for a long while. These, you know, uh, you don't get offered jobs every day. And he obviously feels like Stephen Ross is going to show some, some patience, and they're going to, you know, that may be a total teardown to rebuild, which would make you think, well, we're going to get time. In the back of my mind, though, I'd be worried that am I tearing this down for John, you know, for, for Jim Harbaugh to eventually build up? Um, can, you know, why has no one won here? Why has no one won under this owner? Why can't this team get beyond, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven, and even can't even do that most of the time in consecutive years? Why have so many others failed? And, and I'm sure part of the answer was, well, we never had two guys who were totally on the same page, and there's always a holdover from this and that, and blah, 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 blah. And I guess there's something to that, but something's not right there. And maybe these two can fix it. Um, it's going to have to start with finding a quarterback. I, I don't know, man. Do you think that they? I don't know. Do you... I, if I'm, if I'm, I'm worried about that job because the other, the Patriots are still the Patriots. Yep. And the Jets found their guy, and the Bills may have found their guy. And you know what I mean? And we're we're a cycle or so behind them, really for no good reason. You know, other than extreme loyalty to Ryan Tannehill, there's really no good reason why this Dolphins process hadn't started when those other, you know, when, when their division rivals did. Yeah. Do you think that they ultimately move on from Ryan Tannehill this offseason? Yes. Okay. And so that you think that they will, the GM, like it was weird because there was a report that, um, that they were going to move on from him. And then they're like, you know, the Dolphins, I think came out yeah, and said, I don't said, think they want to come out in their introductory press conference. You know what I mean? <laughs> Firing the starting quarterback from the last five years. But I don't see a scenario where he's back. I mean, his cap. If I'm them, I would, I would be, I would be all over Teddy Bridgewater. Mm, if I were them. His cap hit Ryan Tannehill. It's crazy because he's already 31. I mean, people, you know, it's, it's easy to you're like, yeah. huh? That's weird. But he, you know, he's drafted in 2011, right? No, 2012 because he was the luck class. Um, but you know, he he was an older guy who had who had moved yep. over from wide receiver to quarterback. Um, by the time he even signed his contract. He was, you know, he was 2015, so he's 31. He hadn't really had, he's had one maybe decent season. His cap hits 26.6 million. They only, quote unquote, only saved 13 million dollars in cap space, which is a lot of cap space, but he's going to count against 13.4 million in dead cap space anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think. Yeah, but it really comes down, look, it comes, what's his salary? 18 or something? Uh, 18.725. Yeah, you saved 19 million real dollars. Like, yeah, that's sure. what owners, that's owners don't care. Fans care about cap space. Owners care about cash space. Right. And that's not like a year ago at this time, really a year ago by the middle of the season, Stephen Ross was telling people, I'm not paying Indomitian and Sue $22 million a year to go eight and eight. Yeah. That's over. Yeah. And that was over. And now he's telling people, I don't really want to keep paying this quarterback $19 million a year to maybe go seven and nine. Like eh, his salary you know, is sal something different. Look, look, when you're, when you sign a contract with an NFL team and your salary uh, in, in your 30 year old season is $790,000 and then your salary in the next year is $18.725 million, you're probably getting cut. I mean, like, yeah. unless you, unless you just put together a, you know, a 30 year old season where everything comes together and you lead the team to the playoffs, um, and you look like a top 15 quarterback, that's a different story. But when you are okay and still kind of injured and, and, you, and you you're know. not available, yeah, man, yeah, you're not, yeah, yeah. your availability comes before productivity. He's not available. Yeah, it's hard to imagine them keeping him. So if they do that, you see, you could see Teddy Bridgewater as a possible solution. Do you think? If they... I was them, I'd be going after Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I guess you could go, 
you know, Tyrod or something like that. But I, I would, I would I, look. If I'm them, I'm I'm going to see what if I can sign Teddy Bridgewater for three years. I had three years, thirty million. Yeah, I was, you know I what I mean. Good. Plus incentives. That seems and, cheap. and I'm still drafting. If I love somebody in the draft, I'm still taking him. And I'm playing Bridgewater this year. And if he if he plays decently, I can trade him for you know much more than what I have here and go with the young guy. If I think I'm several years away, or you know, those are problems for down the road. But that's the quarterback that I would be focused on. What about with Andy Dalton? He has for them. he has zero dead cap space uh, remaining. We talked about it in the middle of the season. Yeah. That would be an incredibly uh, tradable, easy contract to trade. And there's a lot of teams who would look at that and say, "Well, you know, we could keep renting this guy, pay as you go." What about uh, Jacksonville? Much of a flat line salary. What about Jacksonville? Jacksonville. I, 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 my says, I don't think Zach Taylor's trading a quarter. I don't think he's coming there and trading an established starting quarterback. I, I don't. I don't think I don't think they're going that route. Okay. I, they're looking at Zach Taylor saying, "Get out of this guy! What you guys got out of golf? And we've got the running back, we've got the wide receiver. Maybe we have another wide receiver. Maybe we don't. You know, um, we'll add a tight end. We'll you know we'll keep drafting some O line because that hasn't gone as well as we hoped it would. The reboot of that. But there's pieces. You know what I mean? There's pieces yeah. in place there. It's not a full blown. Um, he's got to find a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he doesn't have one yet, right? Does he have to be hired? Yeah, um, you know, Jack Del Rio, John Fox were guys they were talking to for a while. That hasn't come together. You know, they're looking for that Wade Phillips element in this. You know, (laughs) somebody who's been a head coach on the other side of the ball has extreme expertise, can help you out in a lot of ways, and can you know, you know, they're autonomous on on the opposite side. Um, You know that that's a priority. Has to be a priority. And uh, good luck with good luck with finding the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the game who's willing to come and work with a thirty-year-old uh, head coach. Should, should be easy, no problem. No problem to find that. Um, what do you think about this Nick Foles business? So I think I, I haven't. I'm a sleepwalking zombie, so I'm not sure if you've reported it out on Twitter. But like the rumor circulating is that Foles has the Eagles have basically told him we're picking up your option, and Foles yeah, said that's what I had reported they were they were going to do. Right. They were hopeful. That they could go to him and say, we're picking it up. Keep your $2 million. And, bro, there's only two or three teams that want quarterbacks anyway. Yeah. Let's just see if we can trade you. Because, right. like, this idea that Nick Foles is going to be out there, like, oh, my God. Like, let's, like, oh, now Foles is available. Let's fire our quarterback and go and get <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. It's not happening. Right. The, uh, you know? I think the, it's not ath- happening. the athletic.com did a, one of those, all right, let's talk to all 32 of our beat reporters and see what the Nick Foles market would look like. And it's, it's not as stout as maybe Nick Foles. I mean, I, 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 I'll tell you, I mean, it was it was obvious in November, December. I mean, there's it's it's Miami, it's Jacksonville, you know, Miami, Jacksonville, Washington, and maybe Denver. Like, mm. but Denver still owes Keenum another seven million bucks, and like, I don't I don't see Denver being in on on Foles. I, I just don't, and I I think it's really Jacksonville. I think I mean I reported this a while back. Jacksonville's been focused on him and Flacco. And which guy at which price, you know, and who do we think gives us the best chance to try to get back in the playoffs this year? And that's it. Like, I, I don't know, like, the idea that, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a free agent. Like, you're going to get the same money because it's only going to be a two- or three-team market anyway. Yeah. But, you know, if he wants to give them back the $2 million and become untethered, then do they turn around and franchise him? I don't think they would do that. Oh, really? I, well, I wouldn't do that. You know, at a certain point, enough's enough. I think the gamble is if you're the if you're Foles, you buy him out of the option with the two million dollars, 
um, you know, you're two, it's two millions out of your pocket, but you make it back if they franchise tag you. And in theory, you might be able to make it back if you sign a contract somewhere else. But it's not like Jacksonville is flush with. Gonna, but here's the thing: whoever he gets traded to is going to extend them anyway. So you give him permission, obviously, to talk to those teams. I know it's no tampering. And then if you can work the contract out with them, then okay, and we'll get our third and fourth pick, you know, whatever it is, third round pick, fourth round pick, and it's a win win. But that's, if he wants to give the two million back and and sort of Control. call their bluff, yeah. if I'm Howie, then I just say Godspeed. I'll take the comp pick. Go yeah. sign. Yeah, because otherwise you have to. Otherwise, you know, you do run the risk of all right. Well, franchise tag. I guess you, I guess the timing getting bad for a franchise tag though, in terms of being able to trade somebody. But like if it's, but if you can't work out a deal with that franchise tag, then ultimately you have to rescind well, that's, it. That's the danger is that these two or three teams just say, "Hey, we won't do it if you don't." You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and yeah, then, yeah. then because they're going to like they're not going to carry him into March. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Ex- exactly. Exactly. It's not going to be the start of OTAs and Nick Foles is the backup quarterback at twenty five million dollars. No. 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 Yeah, and so that's the problem. So, it's like, and again, who? It's, I, I will concede Jacksonville, but even if I'm Miami, I'd rather I'd rather buy cheaper and present value on Tyrod Taylor, or buy for the for you know the future and a younger guy like Bridgewater who you might be able to then then you know be like, oh, I got to trade a three for Nick Foles and then go give him three years, seventy five million bucks. I'd, hey, I'd hey, much hey, rather hey. pay thirty million dollars for Teddy Bridgewater for three years, or maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's forty five, or right? whatever it ends up thirty six. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much leverage is going to be there. There's not going to be a ton of teams after Teddy Bridgewater either. It's just right. when when like twenty teams make quarterback moves eleven months ago. Yep. You know, there's not going to be that many that are coming back around this time saying we still need a guy. And you know, or we're we're willing to give up on what we screwed up last year to get a different guy. And I, I mean, there's enough buzz in this draft about guys like Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. There'll be three. There are at least probably yeah, three that sure. go in the first round. Sure. So yeah, I mean, good luck. Right. The teams that are looking for quarterbacks: uh, Miami, Jacksonville, Washington. Uh, who else am I missing? Yeah, Denver. I mean, Denver. I, do I but, think but, Denver will draft one? Yeah. yeah. Do I think Denver wants to go out and give Nick Foles $22 million a year? No, but I don't. All, all four of those teams have blunker dead cap space for whatever veteran they tried to, or whatever quarterback they tried to make it work with before, whether it's Tannehill. And I mean, look, you can work around it. It's 2019. There's a big cap, but you know, it, you're talking about a situation where it's like, um, you know, it, it is, Teams that you know, spent big on Teddy Bridgewater, I mean not Teddy Bridgewater, Blake Bortles, Ryan Tannehill, um, you know, who, you know, I mean, look, they they have they have cap holds, and so when you when you're allocating this money for a certain position, it is something you have to worry about, right? Yeah, and look, some of these teams that aren't close also know there's three this year, you know, and then a year later there's the number one pick and number two pick are going to be quarterbacks unless somebody has a catastrophic injury, right? So. Like, that's in the back of people's minds, too. So, like, do I really want to lock in a Nick Foles? I mean, if people think Nick Foles is willing to be is, – is, is a real candidate to be franchised, like, like, that, like that should happen or that's, that's reasonable, then we're talking $25 million a year. That's crazy. I, I, don't, I don't want to go that road. Nick Foles for a month can be great. I don't know that Nick Foles for four months can be great. And I'm not going to be the team that finds out at $25 million a year. I, I'm I'm with you 100. Uh, percent So Nick Foles could, uh, and, and Nick Foles, by the way, has to sign the tag for them to trade him. That's a, that's a worthwhile point. Like Nick Foles could not sign the tag. It would be so weird if this Foles Eagles thing ended with them in sort of a standoff. Like it doesn't make any sense for either party to do that, right? Like, like at a certain point, they know he's their backup quarterback. So how far are you going to be willing to go right. to try to get a better pick now? 
than what you will get in 2020 as a comp pick. I just think that the Eagles will be reasonable in the end about what the risk reward is. All right, you got a column coming up on CBSSports.com. Even though it's the off season, Jason still bangs out a couple columns a week. Feels like seven a week. You're the fastest column writer I've ever seen in my entire life, and I mean that in a complimentary. Like, the, thank you, sir. You you hammer them out. Um, Got to get to the point. Yeah. Uh, no, don't uh, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. As, uh, as exactly, yeah. As years our, of years of yeah. decades of deadline writing. That's right. Uh, we'll so get you there. you're writing about idiots, idiotic teams that spent big money in free agency. Um, and well, how- every year at this time, I just like to put the caveat out there that like the teams that win free agency aren't going to win in the standings, and the teams that make the splashiest moves, by and large, um, will be regretting them at least 24 months into those contracts, and oftentimes. Much sooner than that. Do you hate? Right? Let me, well, let me ask you. So me, we can look at we can look at uh, Andrew Norvell. We can look at Sam Bradford. We can look at Kirk Cousins. We can look at Tremaine Johnson. We can look at uh, Nate Solder. You know what I mean? All from just eleven months ago, and say, ooh, like a mulligan on that. Mm-hmm. And you can go back three years, which I did as well, because to me, none of these guys are getting guaranteed money really beyond the second year. And most of these moves are either going to be renegotiated or cut right after three years. So I went, you know, you look at the 2016, um, okay, well, that was the year the Giants spent $106 million on, you know, fully guaranteed yeah. to rebuild their defense. Jerry Reese blew apart uh, the Giants' strategy. zero playoff wins for that, and one coach fired and one GM fired, you yep. know? Like, Jacksonville spent $80 million. They did have one nice little playoff run, but, like, they thought about firing their coach this year. They should be gutting that defense now, and they're a declining team. They just don't want to admit it yet. You know, the, 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 the Texans spent $75 million, including, you know, half that on Brock Osweiler. <laughs> we all know how that one's worked out. You know, the Raiders were the fourth-highest spending team. Fired coach, fired GM, no playoff wins, and they got the fourth overall pick. So, you know. This isn't going to be a great class once you get through the franchise tags. The smart teams have already extended the best players, and guys hit the market by and large for a reason, and teams will continue to do what it takes to get them, and I don't begrudge anybody making any penny they get in this sport, but if if you're a fan of these teams that do the most at the top end, that are running around to give two or three guys best-of-breed contracts at various position groups, good luck. Good luck with that. But but there are some lesser free agents who I think – Will, could provide some value in the right spot at the right price point. Well, look, even um, in this, I'm not one year into the Stephon Gilmore free agency contract. Patriots fans were questioning what Bill Belichick was thinking. I mean, he you know he wasn't, yeah. didn't have a great first year. Now he could have been the Super Bowl MVP, and he had an unbelievable second year. And so sometimes it takes time to work out, even for the teams who are smart and make these moves. Sammy Watkins, I think you could say, eh, I don't know if that deal is the you know I don't know if the Chiefs would definitely go hand that out that deal again. Maybe you could find a lot some, of money, man. It's a lot of a money. A lot right? of guaranteed now, look, money. Thirty-six maybe, million guaranteed, fully guaranteed. I mean, eighteen million dollars a year for Sammy Watkins. Right when when Chris Chris Conley or Chris. Uh, Chris, was that the guy from? Was Chris Cornell? Chris Cornell. When well, Chris Cornell is out there catching, uh, that's the Soundgarden frontman. I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, but that's, the, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Uh, but piece. yeah, but Chris, uh, Chris Conway is out there catching. Is it Curtis Conway? Now I've confused myself. Crap. Who's the Chiefs Curtis receiver? Conway's old school. Yeah. Who's the Chiefs receiver that I'm forgetting? 
It's Conley? Like Chris Conley, yeah. Chris Conley, yeah. who's going to be a free agent this year, actually a third round pick in 2015. Like, he's just as productive as Sammy Watkins. Granted, he's not the, you know, the most explosive athlete. He's not the same type of player, but he's significantly cheaper. And so I think that's something where even smart teams can go out there and make mistakes in free agency. It's, there's a reason well, why. Look, and look, Watkins, they might win a, a Super Bowl with Watkins next sure, year. Like, sure. that, I'm not ready to call that a complete sunk right. cost, but like, I mean, Jacksonville's O-line, they spent all this money on, was it any, was it any better this year? You know what I mean? Like, the Giants, Nate Solder, okay, well, everybody was still complaining about the offensive line all year, and that's the problem, that's the problem, that's the problem. Sam Bradford lost his job three weeks into the season. Kirk Cousins, I mean, was basically had pretty similar numbers to what Keenum did for $2 million the year before. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. He, you know, an offensive coordinator already got fired. That coach, a year from now, you know what I mean, may not still be there. Like, that's the risk in all this. Yeah. I mean, look, free agency is – there's a reason why the teams that win over the long haul, Steelers, the Packers for, you know, although they've transitioned now. Yeah, you but, know yeah. when to let guys go and who to replace and when to replace them. And you find you find treasure in other people's trash. Uh, also, and the, your treasure sometimes becomes trash once they're not a part of the incredible environment that you have set up. Yeah, I mean, like, the, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are going to be fascinating to watch this year. I, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be the prime example of, boy, you probably shouldn't have given that guy $15 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be going anywhere. I wouldn't. If I, I, I would, I would, if Le'Veon, if I'm a, if, I would, I would say Le'Veon Bell, I'll give you $12 million for one year. Somebody's going to pay him though, right? I don't know. I don't, I'd be very interested to see what the true guarantee is on whatever he gets. I don't think he could have made $20.5 million mm-hmm. between last July 15th and th- right now, this coming up this March. $20.5 million, not $10 million, like that ridiculous report. Twenty point five in the first calendar year, of that, not even a calendar year, between July and March of this year. If, he, if somebody comes even close to that, I will be stunned. Mm. Wouldn't the jet? I mean, won't he turned somebody, that down. Won't then he walked some, away from fifteen or fourteen six. I don't know, man. It'll be a, it'll be a very interesting case study. Won't somebody like the Jets give him some cash? I mean, surely. I mean, the, the Jets might, but who else would? Like, like, I think the Jets would. Like, maybe the Eagles would. <sighs> but I'm not. I wouldn't do it at fifteen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't come close to it. But, but maybe somebody does. But. You know, maybe it ends up truly being, you know, whatever they'll call it, a four-year, you know, $100 million deal, whatever they want to call it, but it's really, you know, 30 for two. I mean, maybe. But is that really – and even then, is that better than what he could have just – He could, you know what I mean? Like, he, he could have had 20.5 for one. Yeah, and you're – And stay with a really good team where the – you know what I mean? Where the coach doesn't get fired and, you know, the, you're probably going to the playoffs every year and they're a glory team – and you get national endorsements, and you know what I mean? You're on prime time all the time, and it's good for your brand. I mean, maybe he goes to the Jets and helps turn him around. I mean, it's possible, and that's an even bigger market, and yada, yada, yada. But I don't know. I'm, I, it would be super intriguing. The uh, the running back market is not robust, <laughs> per se. It's not full of great guys. No. Jay Ajayi like is out Spencer there. Ware. I, I like Spencer Ware. Mm, yeah. Still only 27. 340 career carries, which is that's like half a season for Todd Gurley. Uh, he averages 4.6 yards per carry in his career. Catches 83% of the balls thrown to him. Um, 
as a complimentary guy in a backfield. I don't know. I don't want him to be my every down guy. Um, he could be, you know, certain weeks, but I, I would. I, I don't think you'll have to break the bank to get him um, necessarily. So that that would be a kind of guy I'd be looking at. Like I'm looking at like you know Cordero Patterson saying, all right, Belichick and McDaniel's unlocked it. They figured out how to use them. Mm-hmm. They've got Trey Flowers and. Trent Brown and all these big picture things they need to they need to think about. I'm sure they'd love to keep him, but you know, okay, I can use him on sweeps. I can use him as a running back. I can use him. You know, he's he's best returner in the game. That's the kind of guys I would be looking at. That's that's why the Patriots are just going to draft Debo Samuel out of South Carolina in the first round. It's a lock. Unless Debo goes higher because he had a good offseason. He is having a good offseason. But yeah, I mean, look, here's the bottom line about this whole, about, and I don't think that, I think smart teams have caught up with it, like the Rams and Les Snead is operating, understanding that you, this is why all those trades busted out. It's because it's like, we're not going to let this guy go. We got room to hold on to him if he's a half decent player, but we'll ship him somewhere else and get rid of the money. Uh, and you know, we'll deal with the dead cap space and we'll get some value in return. But the guys you see hitting free agency almost like extensively at, at every position, you know, most of these guys are either meh name value or like 29 or 28 or like, like Mark Ingram's probably going to, I think he's a free agent, right? And he's 29 years old. Um, Adrian, yeah. Adrian Peterson's going to be out there. Tevin Coleman is, is an interesting name at 26. Doug Martin's 30. Frank Gore's 36. Uh, Latavius Murray's 28. I mean, you know, Alfred Morris is out there. Peyton, Peyton Barber's 25. Yeah, no, I like, I like Spencer Ware, man. He's two years yeah. now. This will be two years removed from the knee surgery. Yep. Um, I like him. I'm just saying there's not a lot like, even though, like, you look at wide receivers, like Randall Cobb, 29, Tavon Austin, 20. I mean, like, the, the free agency yeah. sucks. It sucks. Tyrell this- Williams, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how much he gets. That's the guy I like out of the wide receiver pool. Mm. And I would also be interested in buying incredibly low on Kevin White, just on the off chance sure, he stays sure. healthy. I mean, the about- speed he had, the metrics that got him drafted, I know there's been some surgeries, and maybe he's not quite the same guy. Uh, but I would take a flyer on that and say, well, may- maybe I can make that guy a Cordarrelle Patterson type. You know, like I'll find two or three uses for him, buy low on him for one year. That pure speed, he latches on to a couple deep balls. That could be the difference. Uh, you know who I could see being a uh, like a, a nine-touchdown, 900-yard guy for the Patriots is uh, Devin Funches. <laughs> like, 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 you know what I mean? Like just well, they... especially if, if Gronk retires and he's yeah. kind of more of a, you know what I mean? They use him kind of like a tight end. I mean, yep. you understand his limitation speed and otherwise, but – you use him the way an Anquan Bolden was late in his career or something, um, put him in positions to succeed, uh, you know, force him to work a little harder because of the culture around him, maybe. Yep. They, I mean, they, they, they made it work with Brandon LaFell there before. Um, it, it is, you mentioned Gronk, and, I, like, and by the way, I thought Daniel Jeremiah had a good tweet the other day of, of NFL media, but he's like, this is a good reminder to scouts, like, you know, when you're, when you're looking at draft, but it applies to free agency too, and you, talk, you, you made the point with Cordero Patterson, don't tell me what a guy can't do. And this is what the Patriots right. are good at. Tell me what a guy can do. Yes. What, what is it? What yes. are a guy's strengths, and how do we maximize yes. them? Not how do we put him in positions to succeed? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what you do with Funches. You bring him in, and you put him into you know you put him into that position as a move tight end, and you, you, know, you let him be a big body near the line of scrimmage. Maybe he slides out yeah. in the slot. Maybe maybe line up outside. Um, what, do you think we'll get you out of here on this? Do you think Gronk retires, or do we get Gronk for ten million bucks in New England next year? I think he retires. Really? Since I got from. People close to that team was they were going to that game thinking it was Gronk's last game. Wouldn't it be incredible if yeah. his last catch as a Patriot was maybe his greatest catch as a Patriot? He's I, had some great ones. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, that, that's certainly I don't that's know. certainly up there. 
I don't know that it was like the most like holy crap moment or anything like that, but it's so perfect because he's running a seam. He's yeah. in he's in tight coverage. I mean, Corey, I looked at the next gen yeah. stats. Corey Littleton had him. He had less than a yard in terms of spacing. Brady throws it inside, knowing that it's either going to be incomplete or Gronk is going to adjust in midair and make this absurdly physical catch based yeah. on like his you know where he was. And I don't know. It's just so it, it would be fitting if that was like the last catch. Yeah, I. I think it was. Mm. I think it was. Do you do you think it is a I'm retiring because I'm ready to be done, or I'm retiring because I'm not dealing with whatever Bill wants to do with the money and the because I mean the Patriots. No, might... no, no. I think it's I'm retiring because I don't want to be in. I'm I'm sick of being in pain. Yeah. I'm sick of being 29, but my body feels like it's 50. You know, I'm sick of. I you know I leap one more time I take another hit to my back and I'm in traction again you know what yeah. I mean I yeah. think it's risk reward man and it is declining and diminishing and you know it, it, we get so caught up in what's happening right now and like the last three four weeks like he's been a contributing player you know what I mean again and he still can't run away from people he's still not quite the guy he was before but he can be effective in a different way but. At what cost? And he's yeah. not going to keep making more money. The big, the super paydays of his career are over. He hasn't spent a cent, according to everybody I've ever talked to. And he has these other interests. And it's, it's, he, you know, he started looking at his football mortality a year ago. Yeah. And this year, for about 10 weeks, he looked like a guy who was at the end. And I think he's, he's smart enough now to know that that's my, my, my reality. If I were to try to do this, you know, and grind through a month of OTAs, a month of training camp, and four months of a regular season, is I'm a lot closer to the dude I was in week eight than the dude I was knowing, okay, it's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a sprint now, not a marathon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let me give it what I got for three games, three playoff games, and then knowing I've got six months to recover after. It's, I, I just, I think it's over. And there's also like a difference in, and I think Gronk gets it. You go out on top. Like you're the champ. Like you walk out. You you. No, walk. it's not going to be any. Like this is. You don't know what's guaranteed after this. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, I right. think it's time. All right, I, you might be right on that one. All right, it's time to uh, get out of here. You got to go pick up your kids. I got to pick up my kid. Uh, I got to go see if I can get this car battery to start. Real fun to dive back oh, into. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back get home. There's a whole. It's a whole thing. Anyway, um, it always is. Welcome back to real life, everybody. It's the big yeah. <laughs> yeah, real life's great. Glad to be out of the thing. All right, well, enjoy well, navigating it. Thanks, buddy. We'll uh, talk to you I'll next be doing week. The same.